Hello. Thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. Amen, amen. It's a blessing again to be here with you all on today as we begin a new sermon series. On today, we begin a new sermon series, uh, which is titled, uh, what is it titled? Little Fires Everywhere. There we go. Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, On today, we begin this sermon series, and I'm I'm hopeful and I'm praying that uh, the, the last month's sermon series was a help to you all. I'm hoping that it was something that you uh, were able to apply to your lives. As we looked at laments and the, the honor and the privilege and the responsibility of those who belong to God to be able to take God, all of our burdens, all of our cares, and have hope that he will fix whatever it is that's going on in our lives. Last month we looked at laments from a lot of various different angles. And I uh, hope that it was helpful for you uh, as it was for myself. On today, I want to start off by talking to you about some uh, cobwebs. Um, there was an old deacon uh, who, who, when the church would come together to pray at the prayer meetings, the deacon would pray. This prayer was so much uh, energy, was so much power. He would say every time he got up to pray, he'd say, and Lord, clean all the cobwebs out of my life. The cobwebs, you see, were were those things that ought not to have been there, Uh, those things that had gathered during the week. And he continued to pray this prayer every time the church came together. He would say, Lord, I want you to clean out the cobwebs out of my life. And one member was sitting there listening to the prayer, uh, and he's at the prayer meeting. He heard the deacon say it one too many times, and he says, Lord, 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 don't you do that. I want you to kill that spider, because that deacon had too many cobwebs. You see, the man that made the prayer, he, he was praying that the cobwebs would be cleaned out, but the one who got tired of hearing about the cobwebs, he said, Lord, kill the spider so the cobwebs can go away. And when we take a look at our lives, we know that we have purpose. It is much more than us just existing. That's more, our, our purpose is more than that. It's more than us just existing. Our purpose that we have in life is God-given. And whether we want to admit it or not, we sometimes have a tendency of blaming and using spiderwebs and cobwebs instead of getting to what God has called us to do. Let us kill the spider. Jonah as we'll be looking at today, Jonah, 
he had some cobwebs and spider webs, and he had a big spider problem. And we're going to take a look at him today, and we're going to see how Jonah's unwillingness to address the cobwebs or the spider calls a million little fires. We'll be looking at it over the month of May uh, with Jonah and how his disobedience to God caused a whole, whole bunch of little fires. Now, this, this, this sermon series, of course, is based on the book and the TV show of Little Fires Everywhere, where which we see two characters and how their actions cause fires everywhere. And, and spoiler alert, there's a big fire at the end of the TV show, which is caused by both of their actions. Amen. Uh, for those of us who have seen it, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Jonah. Turn your Bibles with me to Jonah. We're going to read chapter 1, verses 1 through 16 in its entirety. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 16 in its entirety. Uh, we have it up on the screen for you as well. We're going to go full screen on that. Um, the Bible reads in the ESV version, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, and go. Arise, go to Nineveh. Can we say arise? arise? Now, now, if you're at home, I want you to say arise. Can we say arise? Arise. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. Can we say call out? Call out. If you're watching online on your, your mobile devices, I want you to type in arise and call out. Arise and call out. And, 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 and after you type that Type in where, you, where, you're, where you're watching from on today. Where are you watching from on today? We want to know. We want to get to know you. The members of Avenue G, they'll greet you and tell you hello and, and show you love. Let us know where you're from. Arise and call out. Now, it says, for their evil has come, upon, uh, has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Can we say presence of the Lord? Presence of Can the we Lord. type in presence of the Lord? But the Lord hurled, just imagine this, the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. Can we say fast asleep? Fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, 
and I fear the Lord. Can we say fear the Lord? Fear the Lord. Can we type in fear the Lord? The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men who were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Verse 11 of the Bible says in Jonah chapter 1, Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Can we say tempestuous? Tempestuous. I want to see if you guys can say that again. I practiced that word before I came up here. He said to them, Pick me up. And hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Verse 15 reads, So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from his raging. Verse 16 says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. I want to start off this morning, this title of this lesson again is the theme, uh, the, the, the sermon series is Little Fires Everywhere, but the title of this series is Get Up and Go. Get Up and Go. Now, our first thought when we examine verses 1 to 2, I want you to see here that this right here is a noble calling and an unwilling vessel. This is a noble calling and an unwilling vessel. Pull up again verses 1 and 2 for me. The Bible reads, uh, who's the reader today? Is it Avon or Josh? Don't matter. Whoever reads, read. Now the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord. Came to Jonah. It came to Jonah. The son of Amittai. All right. Saying. Saying. Arise. Arise. Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. That great city. That great city. And call out against it. And call out against it. For their evil uh-huh. has come up before me. Now we see this calling from God that comes upon Jonah. Jonah, this name in Hebrew, it means dove. The son of Amittai. This name, uh, his father's name means something that is similar to truth. Uh, So it is the father of the son of truth whose name is the dove. And we know that doves usually represent peace. And Jonah is being told by God, I want you to go to this great city called Nineveh. And I want you to cry out against it. God gives him a call. He gives him a call. He says, get up. Arise, stand up, and then I want you to go and call out. You see, this is perfect for Jonah because Jonah is a prophet. And prophets, they take the word of God and they present it to the people who have been created by God so that they know what it is that God wants for them to do. Jonah receives a call from God saying, get up, call out against the city. Get up, call out against the city. And he says, I want you to do this because their evil has come up before me. God says, even though I am present in all places at all times, 
Their evil is so great that it's caught my attention. And so I want you, man of God, to go up and speak out and cry out against the city of Nineveh. We have a prophet who is called to prophesy, and this commandment is not outside of the ability of Jonah to do so. God gives him a call. And then we see in verse number three how Jonah responds to the call. Verse number three, the Bible says what? But Jonah. It says, but Jonah. Rose to flee to Tarshish. Now, he was just given this call by God. And he said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go tell the people, uh, 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 cry out against the people. Get up, arise, and then I want you to cry out against them. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get up. And I want you to call out against them. This is not outside of the bounds of what you're able to do. I want you to get up and cry out against them. And then Jonah says, I'm going to Tarshish. I'm going to Tarshish. Jonah says, I'm going to Tarshish. And I'm doing this because what? Read that beginning of that verse there again, Josh. He says what? But Jonah the Bible rose to but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish uh-huh. from the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that Jonah was trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. Can you, can you, can you, this is a man of God. This is the one who receives word from God. And he says, I'm going to run away or flee the presence of God. I'm going to go where God is not. This is what Jonah is saying. I'm going to go where God is not, where God isn't going to be able to speak to me and tell me to do things because it is obvious right now that I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Now, we know how this story ends and we know why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. But at this time, we're just dealing with chapter one here. So let's deal with the context as it is. Jonah does not want to do what God has called him to do, even though he has the capabilities to do what God called him to do. God didn't ask Jonah to get up and fly like a bird all the way to Nineveh. He didn't ask him to heal Nineveh. He didn't ask him to go and raise somebody from the dead. He said, I want you to rise up and cry out against the city that has caught my attention because of their evil. But Jonah felt as though he could get away from where God was at. And we can examine and come to the conclusion that no one can flee the presence of God. But Jonah, he tried anyway. Go ahead, keep reading. He went down to Joppa. He went down to Joppa. And found a ship going to Tarshish. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. He paid his money. And went down into it. Uh-huh. To go with them to Tarshish. Uh-huh. Away from the presence of the Lord. Come on. The Bible says, but the Lord sent out, hurled a great wind. It says, look how the Bible explains this. This story is so big. It's like, he says that God hurled. He got a, he got a great wind and he threw it upon the sea. Right? Come on. Heard out a great wind upon the sea, uh-huh. and there was a mighty tempest. There was a on mighty tempest. Sea. That means that the sea was rocking back and forth and back and forth. This is a big old storm. This you could say it's like tsunami or a hurricane. This is a huge thing that's happening right now. Keep reading. So that the ship threatened to break up. Uh huh. The Bible says. Uh huh. Then the mariners. Uh huh. Were afraid. They were afraid. And each cried out unto his God. They all cried out to their own God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the Picture sea. Picture this in your mind. They they're afraid and they say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this thing has come. We've been mariners for a long time, and we usually know how to deal with what's happening to us. But because of the disobedience of Jonah, now this great storm has come upon these mariners who are innocent. And, the, and what, what is going on right now? So now, now we see here, Jonah has caused a little fire based on his disobedience. 
Because of Jonah, these seamen now have to face a storm. And this storm is caused by the inaction and disobedience of God's man. These mariners, they are in a storm they didn't cause, and they don't have the proper means really to handle it. They're crying out to their gods. They're crying out to their gods. Notice this is a lowercase g here. It says they're crying out to their gods. They're praying to gods that don't exist. They're praying to gods who don't have power. They're praying to gods that can't do a thing about their present situation. And then all of a sudden they say, okay, that's not working. The thing that we believe would help us is not working. So now let's start throwing away things that are valuable to us. We're going to start throwing cargo off the side of the ships. We're going to throw cargo off the side of the ships. Maybe that'll help us to where we won't go and shift to and fro so much. And what does the Bible say happened? Read all the way down to verse number six. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to Uh lighten it for them. Uh But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship. Look at God's man. Look at God's man. God's man who is fleeing the presence of God. He, he, he has to know that this storm has come. God threw this storm out there and the boat is rocking. But God's man says, I don't care about what's going on around me. I'm going to go down into the boat, and I'm going to go down, and I'm going to do what? What does it say? And had lain down uh-huh. and was fast asleep. The Bible says that he was fast asleep. This word in Hebrew explaining, explains a deep sleep. Jonah was down there slobbering. Jonah was down there in a food coma. Jonah was gone. He was out, Well, right? He wasn't going to be awakened by somebody dropping a a pen on the ground or somebody coughing. Jonah was in a deep sleep. So that shows that in his disobedience, in his uh, disregard for the will of God, Jonah was very comfortable. Jonah was very comfortable to the point to where he could go down into the bowels of the ship and go to sleep. Keep reading. So the captain came to him. The captain came to him. Said to him, what Uh do you mean? He says, what do you mean? He's saying, what you doing, man? Don't you see it's a storm? You're down here sleeping. He said, what are you doing? What does he say to him, Josh? He says, you sleeper, arise. He says, arise. Listen, listen, listen to this. Listen. He says to him, arise and what? Call out to your God. Arise and call out. If you're at home, if you're here with me today, say arise and call out. Arise and call out. This is the very same thing that God asked Jonah to do in verse number two. He told Jonah, arise, go, call out against the city. And now the captain of this ship says, arise, call out to your God. Arise, Call out to your God. Well, Keep reading all the way to the end of six. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us uh-huh. that we may not perish. He says, perhaps, perhaps God will give a thought to us, will think about us so that we won't die out here in the storm. Arise and call. Arise and call. Well, here, here we see, here we see a problem. In the biblical text, we see a problem because God's man, the one who has been specifically chosen by God to do a specific task, did the opposite. He did not do what was within his parameters, his ability to do. And this caused chaos all around him. This caused people who were innocent to suffer because God's man would not do what he was called to do. And so I see in that same problem that we see today is the inability for Christians to get up and go. 
the inability for Christians to get up and go. Now, I have an illustration here, which uh, comes from uh, Cross Timbers Community Church in Argyle, Texas. It says, as people began to struggle, as people began to struggle with the downturn in the economy in 2009, this church attempted to help. And the pastor, he told the people, when the offering plates come by, if you need money, take it from the plate. If you need money, take it from the plate. The church gave away $500,000 in just two months. They helped single moms. They helped widows. They helped local mission and some families behind on their utility bills. The day they announced the take from the plate offer, they received their largest offering ever. The pastor of this church, Toby Slow, says, in these economic times, we can't be so into church business that we forget what our business is, and that is to help people. Now, I know that our gifts and our talents may not mean, or, or they, they are the means by which we earn our living. Some of us use our talents so that we can get a paycheck every two weeks. Some of us use our talents so that we can take care of our families. I understand that we have plates that are full. We, we're burned down. I have to manage the yard work this week. I have to manage the kids this week. I have to go and do this thing and that thing. And I have this Bible class to teach. And I have to go take kids to practice. I have to go to the hospital because I have appointments. I get it that there are 10% of people within churches doing 90% of the work. I understand it, but we cannot forget we first work for the Lord. We as Christians have to get up and go. We as Christians have to get up and go because the things that God has blessed us with, that thing that you're good at doing, that thing that God put into you that you can do without having to give a second thought, that thing that you can do, you use it for God first. Use it for God first, not for your own meaning, because if we don't, we're going in the opposite direction of what God has called us to go. If you can cook, you ought to cook for your brothers and sisters. If you can sing, you ought to sing for your brothers and sisters. If you can do yard work, you ought to do yard work for your brothers and sisters. If you have the ability to just love on people and have a listening ear, you ought to be that person for your brothers and sisters and for the world, because God gave you that ability to use. God called you into what you have to use it for his purposes. Now, there are times in our lives where we run away from God and what God has called us to be. We have people with the gift of administration and organization who are comfortable with coming into the church building and leaving with it unorganized. We, we have people with a listening ear and who can give godly, wise counsel who are too comfortable with ignoring chaos and ignoring hurt, just like Jonah was comfortable with falling into a deep sleep. You see your brothers and sisters hurting, and you have godly wisdom, and you say nothing. You see a world that is struggling. They're calling out to their false gods, their lowercase g gods to help them. They're getting rid of valuable things in their lives. They're getting rid of their sobriety. They're getting rid of their virginity. They're getting rid of their minds. And we just sit fast asleep as they struggle. Brothers, we have brothers who are able to serve within the body. They'll come in, they'll see a problem, be fit to fix the problem, shake their finger and their head at it, and then go home. Our culture has changed in that we have plenty of capable people who have been called by God with many gifts, but few answer the call. Our world is literally in shambles. Folks have the extreme gifts of God and keep them to themselves for whatever reason. 
We see those without God looking for solutions and we don't work. We'll say, we'll look at them as Jonah might have looked at them folks on that ship and we'll say, they're seamen. They're mariners. They know how to do. They can handle by themselves. When we have the very source of all things, the creator on our side, it hurts me to see people who are willing to receive gifts from God and not use them. Jonah was very able to do what God had called him to do. Very able to do what God called him to do. All he had to do was get up and go. Cry out. Something that he could very well do. And we'll see that later. He can do what God has called him to do, but he doesn't do it. And some of us will say to God, God, I will accept the spouse that you gave me. But instead of adding the spouse to the body, I'll take myself away. God, I will accept this great paying job that you gave me, but instead of giving more to have a greater impact on the church and the community, I'll hide what you gave me from you. You see, God, I can hide the extra money that you blessed me with, much like Jonah was able to hide from you. God, I will pray to be a leader in my household. God, I will pray to have a house that is in order, but then I won't serve as an elder or deacon within the church. God, I'm willing to accept these gifts that you give to me, but I'm not going to use them for your purposes. And we have become a people who would rather start little fires than obey God. Because that's what we do every time we try to hide from the presence of God. Every time we take the calling and the gift that God has given to us, and we say, I'm going to keep it to myself, and I'm not going to use it for your purposes and your kingdom, God, we start a little fire somewhere. You may look at this and hear this, and you say, that's not good news. That's not good news. But that, that, you're right, that's not good news. But the good news is, is that God has fire too. God has fire too. Look at what continues to happen, Jonah chapter 1. What does verse 7 through and they said to one another. The Bible says, and they said to one another. This is the seamen or the mariners speaking to one another. They say what? Come. They said, come. Let us cast lots. So this is what they're doing. They, they, it's something that's similar to like you, you're throwing uh, these dice or whatever. And they, when you throw them, you're relying on God to let you know what exactly is going on. So they say, come. Let us cast lots. That come on. we may know. So that we can know. On whose account this they evil. They said, we want to know exactly who brought this storm on us, who caused uh-huh. this chaos that's going on around us. They said, we want to know who did it. Mm-hmm. And so what happened? So they cast lots. They cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. Now, I want you to know that it's not because of how the mariners threw the lots. God made those lots fall that it showed Jonah to be the culprit of the chaos that was around them. Amen. Amen. It says what? Keep reading. Then they said to him. Verse 8 says, then they said to him. Tell us. He says, tell us. On whose account. Keep reading. This evil has come upon us. Uh-huh. What is your occupation? Uh-huh. They say, what do you do for a living, Jonah? Tell us what you do for a living. I, I, I can't help but imagine that God is placing these questions on their heart. Jonah knows that he's a man of God. God knows that he has given him the gifts to perform the duty that he's called him to do. And he causes the mariners, the men who work to sea, to be great interviewers at this point in time and ask him, what does he do? What is your occupation, Jonah? Keep going. And where do you come from? They say, where do you come from? What is your because country? God knows where he came from, but he wanted the mariners to ask the question to remind Jonah and cause his heart to, to move some kind of way to get him to obedience again. Keep going. What is your country? What is your country? And of what people are you? And of what people are you? 
So he said to them, listen to what Jonah says here. What does he say? I am a Hebrew. Jonah says, I am a Hebrew. And when he says this name, I want you to understand that when people heard the name of somebody being a Hebrew, it wasn't void. It meant that they were a follower of Yahweh God. It meant that they came from those people that came out of Egypt, led by Moses and Aaron and led by Joshua into the promise. And I want you to understand that when they heard that name, it meant something. He says to them, I am a Hebrew. And even though I'm acting like a heathen right now. He says, what else? And I fear the Lord. He says, and I fear the Lord. The God of heaven. The God of heaven. Who made the sea uh-huh. and the dry land. Now I want you to recognize that in Jonah's response here, he's being a bit hypocritical. He's being a bit foolish because he's being even, some would say delusional, because he says some things that well, don't make sense based on his actions. He says, for one, I am a Hebrew. Well, He says again, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. Jonah, do you fear the Lord? Do you fear him enough to obey him? Do you fear him enough to respect the calling that he's put upon you to do his will? Then he says again, I, 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 what does it say about him and God? He says, I fear the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. He says, the God that I serve is different from the gods that you call upon. The gods that you're calling upon, they just control the sea or they might just control the sky or they might just control the waves. But the God that I serve, he is the God of the sky. He is the God who made the sea and the land. He is the one true God. I fear Yahweh God. He says this, but then He believes that he can also flee the presence of the God who created everything. It's not fitting together what he's saying here. His actions don't match up with his obedience. His actions don't match up with his ways. Amen? How in the world are you going to flee him, Jonah, if he's the creator of everything? Verse number 10, what does the Bible say? Then the men were exceedingly afraid and it said says, to him. Then the men were exceedingly afraid. In the original text, it says they feared with a great fear. They, they feared with a great fear. It's, and you look at this, it's funny that Hebrews use the same type of language that we use today. Uh, they feared with a great fear. This is just like somebody saying, oh, you mad, mad, right? You know what that means. When somebody's mad, mad, they're not just a little upset. They're mad, mad. They're angry, right? They feared with a great fear. And they said to him, what? What is this that Uh you have done? They said, what are you doing, Jonah? For the men knew that he Uh was fleeing from the presence of the Lord Uh because he had told them. Uh What does verse 11 say? Then they said to him, Uh what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Even though Jonah didn't want to be what God called him to be, he still caused Jonah to be the mediator between him and man. Even though he didn't want to go and call out and speak what God spoke to him, he still caused Jonah to be the mediator between him and man. Keep reading. Verse 12. He said to them, He said to them, pick me up. He says, I want you to pick me up and hurl me into the sea and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down. And then the sea will quiet down. Jonah knows very well that he's the one that's brought this chaos on everybody else. Keep reading. For I know that it is because of me that Uh this great tempest has come upon you. Can you imagine having to come to the conclusion that the only way peace is going to come is for you to die? Verse 13. The Bible says, nevertheless, Uh the men rode hard to get back to now, dry now, land. Pause right there for a moment. Jonah, 
If you go back and you look at verse 1 and 2, only thing Jonah had to do was to get up, go. Get up, go. Cry out against Nineveh. Do what you know that you're able to do, Jonah. Do what you know what you're able to do. But it's great. It's great news that God has fire too. Because while Jonah has started this fire that caused all of this to happen, God can still cause for his will to be done when we don't do right. And I'm thankful for that because I, I, I remember where I used to be. I remember the things that I used to think and the actions that I used to have. And I'm glad that God had somebody in some situation that caused me to see him. And that's what we're about to see in this situation here, that God didn't need Jonah in this specific situation on this ship. Well, read what happens. Read, uh, start at ver- begin at verse number 13 again. Nevertheless. Or verse 12, I'm sorry. Verse 12, the Bible says, and he said to them, uh-huh. pick me up uh huh, pick and, me up, and hurl me into the sea. Uh-huh. Then the sea will quiet down for you. Uh-huh. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to Picture get back. Picture this. He tells them, I want you to pick me up. Mm-hmm. Throw me into the sea. They said, okay, that doesn't sound like a good thing. Yep. Let's try to row back. And they're rowing. And they're rowing, and all the waves are coming, and they ain't doing nothing but working their mu- they muscles because it's, the boat isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The boat isn't going anywhere, and they're trying their best to fix the situation without having to do what Jonah has asked them to do. And what happens? But they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And as a matter of fact, them. it didn't grow. It didn't start to cease. It didn't start to calm, but it got more and more chaotic. In verse 14, what happens? Therefore... Uh They they called out to the Lord. It says, therefore, they called out to the Lord. Now, right there, look at your Bibles, look at the screen, whatever it is that you're doing right now. Look at Jonah chapter 1, verse number 14, and see what's happening here. These same mariners, these same seamen, right, who were in this boat crying out to lowercase g gods, they're now crying out to capital L Lord, Yahweh God. In the disobedience of the servant, they found Yahweh God. It says, therefore, they called out to Lord. Oh, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and let us and not and lay not on us innocent blood for you. Oh, Lord, have done as it pleased you. See here that the only people crying out to God in this chapter are those that don't even belong to God. Jonah never prays in chapter 1. My, my. The only people that pray and seek God are those that don't belong to him, those who have just found him. And that's great news, especially for a world that is full of Christians who don't want to get up and go. That if they seek God, God will draw closer to them. The mariners had more of a conscience than Jonah did. They said, God, if we throw this man over this boat into the sea, please don't let us be guilty of his life. Don't let us be murderers for doing this. They had more of a conscience. Jonah was down in the boat asleep, didn't care what was happening on the deck with those men. But look what happened in verse 16. Keep reading all through 16. So they picked up Jonah. So they picked up Jonah. And threw him into the sea. And they threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. The sea ceased from its raging. He, they pick him up. They throw him into the water. 
right? Whatever the sound it makes, and then peace comes, right? And then verse 16 happens. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. It said, then they feared Yahweh God exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to and the Lord. And then they sacrificed to the God. They sacrificed to the Lord. Sacrificed to Yahweh God. And made They're vows. worshiping God now. And then they made vows saying, I want to be in relationship with you. These mariners who first cried out and they relied on random gods, they now prayed to Yahweh God, even though God's man didn't even bother to pray to him. God was still able to create relationship with the lost, even without the man of God. What I want you to take from this second portion here is that when we won't, God will. When we won't, God will. In some places in Nevada, it's legal to gamble, to sleep with prostitutes, but it is illegal to give a homeless person something to eat. Las Vegas made it a crime to feed, homeless, to feed a homeless person in a city park. And this law isn't random insanity. Proponents of the law say that there are unintended consequences to feeding the poor, such as the parks being overrun. They simply want their parks back. And this sounds a lot like Marie Antoinette saying that the peasants with no bread should eat cake. Let the homeless eat in their homes, not in our parks. Now, we as Christians know that a life without God is problematic, to say the least. To say to a homeless person to eat in their own home is just the same as telling godless people to live, godless, to live godly lives without godly influence. Too often we as Christians are Christians in name only. But thankfully, God can move in spite of us. The mariners had found God through Jonah's false profession of who he was. Then they sought truth and understanding World, there is a hope for you when you seek the living God. James 4, verse number 8. The Bible says this, James 4, verse number 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want you to know and understand that if you are truly seeking God, and you want to be close to him, and you cry out to him, and you call out to him, guess what? God is going to come closer to you. God is going to come near to you. And he will cleanse you. He will heal you. He will help you to be the better version of you that you want to be. This is a cautionary tale, though. Christians, if we don't get up and go, if we don't get up and go and do as God has blessed us to do in our calling with our spiritual gifts, he will make life tough for us. And let, let me rephrase that. We will make life tough for ourselves. God didn't hurl that storm until his obedient man, or until his man became disobedient. Christians, I want you to understand this as we look at our commitment. Don't don't think about what somebody else is doing. What 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 somebody else is doing that's between them and God. I want you to look at yourself and within yourself and ask yourself, am I applying what God has called me to be? The very things that God has given me that I'm good at without thinking about. I can sing. I, 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 can, I can fix up things. 
Uh, I'm able to be a good listener because trust me, being a good listener is a gift because not all people will, will listen. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of people who just, just sit so that they can respond after you finish. But listening is a gift, right? Uh, if you're able to, if you've been blessed with a lot of uh, financial gain and you have enough to where you can share with others, if you have the patience to look after children, that's a blessing, that's a gift. If you have the blessing to work with technology, if you have the blessing to do uh, work with your hands and, 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 and do yard work outside, all of these things are gifts that God has given us. You have to ask yourself, have you been using not what you did in the past, right? Because we'll, we'll look at the gifts that God gave us and say, man, I built this mountain over here with, based on my gifts that God gave me. What are you doing right now with it, though? There are people that are still lost right now. Have you been applying yourself with what God has given you? I found this quote from Charles Swindle. I want to leave you with this. He says, you cannot continue life as usual or stay where you are and go with God at the same time. You cannot continue life as usual or stay where you are and go with God at the same time. Christians, if we're going to be called out from the world, we need to be about the business of calling others out from the world. Amen? If you're not a Christian on today, I want you to understand that God wants to be close to you. If you want to be close to God, here's how you do it. You have to hear the word of God. There's a, there's a, 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 a message that used to be a mystery. And this message and this story, this, hidden thing, this thing that was hidden from man for a long time was the fact that Jesus Christ, he was to come to this earth. Because he needed to save mankind. God had created humanity. And of course, humanity messed it up. God said they need help. They need someone to save them. And so he sent his son, Jesus. He sent him down here in the form of a human being to feel everything that you felt, to experience all emotions that you felt, to feel the pain that you feel to be tempted with the same things that you're tempted with. He sent him down here for the purpose of dying for your sins. His death in perfection caused our everlasting lives to be possible. You must believe that story. You must believe the reality that Jesus Christ came from the majesty of heaven down to this earth to live a perfect life and die for you. You must confess or you must repent of your sins. You have to change your mind about the way that you've been living. You have to change your mind about the way that you've been living. You can't stay the same and be with God and walk with God at the same time. You must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Confession of Jesus Christ as the Son of God means that you pledge your allegiance to him. You have to be baptized for the remission of your sins. What that means is, is that there is a way for everything that you've done in your past to be washed away. God will no longer hold you accountable for it. You can start life new without any guilt. You can pray to God and not feel guilty about it because everything you did is gone. God forgives you for it. God no longer holds you accountable for it. If you are a Christian and you've been having problems with getting up and going, 
don't, don't use this pandemic as an excuse to not do the will of God. God has given every one of us, right? He's given every one of us, most of us, because I see a lot of folks, that's, that's how we're communicating with each other right now. These devices here, it is not, it is within your means to where you can share the word of God with thousands of people on a daily basis. What are you doing with God has given you? Are you going to do like Jonah and say, okay, God, you've given me this means of doing your will, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hide myself from you. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. If you're a Christian, I want you to use this sermon as a cautionary tale of what can happen when we choose to do the opposite of what God wants us to do and the outcome of doing such. I invite you all to come. If you need to be baptized on today, give us a call at 254-598-2407. 598-2407. Area code 254. If you want to be baptized today, if you seek prayer, submit prayer requests. I'll get them right now as we sing the song of invitation. Still have joy, don't you know that I still have joy After all the things I've been, yes, I still have Can we say it again? I still have Yes, I still, I still have joy And after all, after all the things I've been, yes, I still have